And welcome to Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone. I'm Lorraine Moss. And this is Louis Victor. And today we are talking to Joe Mikulich from EDO Tapas down in the Chinatown area, Spring Mountain. A really cool area that's yeah. grown so much in the last couple of years, Louis. It's insane. Spring Mountain is now known as the destination for all these cool concepts. It's not just Chinatown anymore. Yeah. And it's not even just Asian food anymore. Right. It's crazy. Evidence of EDO tapas. Exactly. Which is not either. Right. So, Joe. Yes. How are you? I'm amazing. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So we know Joe back from Bazaar, mm -hmm. which both Louie and Joe still work at. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but we all opened Bazaar together, right. which was quite an experience and made us the family, how it happens in restaurants. It's the best. It really is, mm -hmm. uh, especially when it comes to Familia. It's like crazy yeah. how many people we all still keep in touch with, whether they work at Bazaar or right. don't work at Bazaar. Like, it's like, uh, I believe uh, one of the servers called it Bazarians. Bazarians. It's like its own country, kind of. Right. <laughs> I think I said that. I'm not gonna Was say it I, you? I'm not going to say I coined it, but I've definitely said I've that seen before. the hashtag a lot. Yeah, when we had our like uh, ugly sweater parties every, every year. You right. did. Yeah. And family meal right. challenge. Family Meal Challenge, yeah, that was that's something definitely else, yeah. a big deal when it comes to family. Right. So because we're all a family, well, partly because we're all a family, we right. like to support our family. Mm -hmm. And our friend Joe opened up a really cool restaurant that's already gotten a ton of great reviews. Congratulations on that. Thank you. It's been, what, a year now? No, we're, we're I think we're at 10 months right now. Oh, that's crazy. It seems like it's been longer than that. It feels like it too. I mean, the the project started you know well long before a year, but open. I think it's t ten months right now, maybe approaching eleven. So tell us um, a little bit about how that happened, and you know, because quite a few people that worked at Bazaar work here. Good amount, yeah. Um, so tell us how that kind did it start while you were working at Bazaar. Well, obviously it did, but I mean, like. How did the concept come into play in your head and, yeah. and like the, the partnership and that kind of thing? So um, when Roberto Liendo uh, was one of the older GMs, second GM of Bizarre Meat after uh, Yassine Layubi uh, had left, mm -hmm. we just became good friends, just chat chatting as, as employees together um, and just randomly in conversation. I, you know, Roberto always like pitched something in my ear about you know, I, I think this town needs something. It needs something different off the strip. And he'd always, he's a super funny guy. I love love him. And he would, he was very unique. He'd like bring it out randomly. And I'd be like, are you, are you thinking about doing, actually doing it? Are you or? thinking about doing something? Or like, <laughs> you just trying to like test, you know, the water on what people are, like, I, you want me to agree with you? Or what is it? And, you know, it went on for like a couple weeks or something. And um, he's like, yeah, you know, he had a food truck with, with Chef Oscar. Um, before I became uh, part of the group. And I always was a big fan of it. I always loved supporting Roberto. So Oscar is the executive chef here right, for yes, people sorry. that don't know. Oscar Amador, uh, he's executive chef of EDO. And Gastroculture is our LLC, so you know, for future things. Um, he'll be the man. But so one day, you know, he, he would just bring it up. And I kind of just like, I didn't get like sick of it, but I was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw that shit out there. And I was like, are you trying to open up a restaurant? <laughs> what are you getting at? Like, you're asking what? me these things, and I'm telling you, like, I'm in. And I'm like, I want to be part of it. Okay. And I go, I don't know, I don't know what. There's, you know, we're very, you know, at the beginning of it, 
but I, I, whatever you want to do, I have faith in you. I love this guy to death, and I love Oscar. Um, let's 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 rock and roll. Let's let's do it. And I was mm -hmm. I, even from like me going to college at UNLV and hospitality school, that was kind of like my end goal. Um, I got I definitely got fortunate enough to be young and, and to do it at 28. Um, but that I mean that's that's the goal, right? You know, you know, if you if you really love working in restaurants and you want it, it's kind of always the good dream of like opening up a bar or restaurant. So right, was, right. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm at a point in my life where I'm ready for something. Um, let's let's fucking go. Right. That was cool. So, at first I was like, is this Edo? Is it Edo? So, what's the deal on the name? Yeah, I think I think I think ninety percent of the questions. Questions. Question, yeah, that's probably the biggest. Um, so it's funny how it started. Um, after I told uh, uh, Roberto, I was like, yeah, you know, I want in. We, you know, had a lot more conversations. This is probably like two months, maybe a month before Roberto ended up leaving Bizarre to start this project. Um, we were just talking in Bizarre Meets office on like a, you know, the tail end of the night, maybe like 11 at night, everyone was leaving and we we're just like brainstorming. What should we call it? Yeah, mm -hmm. and you know, obviously Oscar, uh, Spanish descent and from Barcelona, but we, we didn't, we didn't necessarily want to call it a Spanish restaurant, Spanish name, because he, Oscar does, you know, when you've had the cuisine, there's a lot of Spanish stuff here, but there's also, we didn't want to be bound down to a Spanish style. Um, you know, there's Peruvian influences, there's Japanese influences. Um, we rather, we wanted it to kind of cater and relate to our industry. Right. Um, so we, we first started brainstorming, we were like, we want it to be something that, you know, our industry that works in hospitality, you know, and from the finest dining in, on the strip and off the strip to you know, the more casual restaurants, what's a what's a phrase, what's a word that we kind of understand? And I was like, what about when you take an extra day off? You know, like when you're when you're scheduled to work, um, and then you know two hours before, it's say it's like a slower night or for right. whatever reason, and you get that text and it's like, who wants the the, the EDO? Who wants right. the cut? Yeah. And I was like, that's the coolest feeling when you know <laughs> when you know you had to work. And, and then, then you, suddenly you, your day's open. You know what? <laughs> I kind of do like today off, you know? Yeah, that sounds kind of nice. And then you have no plans. So it's like you're free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can do whatever. You can literally do whatever the hell you want. Right. Yeah, that happened to me recently. They they flipped my day. I got there. I was like, oh, my God, I'm late. I like rush in. And they were like, what the fuck are you doing here? Well, I'm here. Yeah, right. <laughs> but they didn't get the text? It then, No, no, no. They just flipped it. Because I usually oh, have to like tell said, yeah, without telling well, that's me. That's fun. <laughs> but I got there and I was like, yeah, fuckers, right. have a great ship. Yeah. I'm out of here. That's always like the phrase too. Have a nice day, fuckers. Right? Oh, you have to say that. Yeah. yeah. Of course, you can't, be, you can't be nice about it. No. Yeah. Exactly, right? Like, yeah. Because that's the restaurant industry. Right? And we just leave, yeah. We're a bunch of dicks. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, so that, that honestly, that's where the name started. Uh, and Roberto and like, we, we love it. Oscar's down for it. And then, funny enough, so many similarities with that, those three letters. Uh, Oscar's middle name is Edo. Oh. Okay. So I think someone saw his middle name and was like, oh, Edo must come That's from why, his yeah. middle name. And then they were pronouncing it as Edo. And then um, I think the Latin phrase of Edo is to eat or something along those lines. Um, so many different, I've heard so many different things. And then we were arguing about it at like a, a partner's meeting and it was like, should we should we make it a big deal? Like should we like be like, it's EDO and nothing else? And I was like, honestly, as long as people are talking about us, that's, that's they all can that come matters, whatever right? Whatever the hell they fucking want to say. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, there it is. Yeah, because I the honestly didn't know. It, right? like, so, what I'm noticing is this interesting place setting. Yeah. What's up with that? There's tweezers. Yeah, the pinzas, the pinzas. Pinzas. Yeah. Um, 
that wasn't actually that was a Roberto and Oscar idea. Um, I think there was a um, couple of Spanish restaurants uh, in Spain that were doing like the whole idea of you know, um, Pinces like you know when so chefs tweezers are on all tweezers, the yeah. plates. Small little tweezers, so we it was fun finding those to, and enough to enough have a place them. setting. Yeah. So is this just the place setting, or are you required to eat with tweezers? Not necessarily. I think it's okay. just another option, it, kind of like an extension of your hand, um, okay. rather than getting your hand dirty. It's kind of like your little fingers. So for people that don't know, um, besides in the Spanish culture, um, in fine dining restaurants across America, it's kind of like, honestly, like a controversial thing. Because <laughs> people will say, are you a tweezer restaurant? Oh, um, my goodness. But, I, get the, I mean, yeah. so across America, especially in fine dining restaurants, uh, at the pass especially, you'll see the chef, the executive chef, the sous chef, maybe people that are just uh, expoing the pass. The pass is the, um, the in-between, basically, right. between the kitchen and the servers or the food runners or whoever's taking the plate out to the guests. Yeah, it's the final That's stop. The it's yeah, the final or the stop expo is what we call it. And, and then that person who does it expedites the food. And so that person, a lot of the time, especially in fine dining establishments, like Bazaar Meat or Robuchon, um, you'll see a chef yep. with tweezers at least one pair i mean sometimes Multiple, three four right. pairs yeah. different yeah. colors yeah. different lengths different styles you know it's yeah like a fashion statement it's right? totally a fashion <laughs> statement you are absolutely right did you see that. the uh there's there was a instagram page with like all sorts of like different colored tweezers and i was like oh, what I the so yeah i have rainbow ones right. oh my go. goodness rainbow i mean ones. would you ever think of like Camel. anything different for me mine are like rainbow they do, like, Camel. unicorn yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shiny I would, I would think you would do like pink <laughs> it's like it's like pink, purple, pink. gold. It's like the whole. It's right. like, it just shines. Right. It right. shines. Well, I burned the tips off my tweezers so that nobody would steal them. Smart. Yeah, or people put like tape, <laughs> or like yeah, they'll like, they'll literally like use their knife to carve their initials into it because your tweezers get stolen. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So we'll use them to plate stuff. Usually, that chef on the pass is not somebody that's really cooking. Maybe you cook, you prep earlier in your day, but for the most part, when you're doing the pass, you're checking. You're checking to yeah. see like how the dishes look. Does it look pretty? Does it look cooked well? Mm -hmm. um, you're just the final eyes before it goes to the front of the house. So it's like the in-between. That's why I like to call it the in-between. It's like the purgatory right. <laughs> of your food. Right. Um, so you take those tweezers and a lot of the time, you know, you'll use them to either move things around on the plate so you can be hygienic. Or put finishing touches um, to put finishing in. touches you know like a lot of the time especially in fine dining restaurants you know you'll see like a lot of micro herbs yeah <laughs> micro flowers. cilantro beautiful flowers you right. know again which is a controversial topic among chefs but um if if you know nowadays we talk about this a lot like you want an instagrammable product you want a, a product that not only looks good to the eyes but also looks good to That's your right. camera and your phone yeah. nowadays mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean are these kind of like discussions that you had about these tweezers you know, or is it just the fact that spanish people i've never had anyone bring up like that whole topic no one's ever really because i've never seen this at a restaurant yeah, definitely i i think it it some, some, I, I want to say tickets, but it's not, it's not tickets. Some other Spanish restaurant is where we kind of got the idea of it. Um, I think it kind of plays on like our industry and, you know, we do, we really do have a good amount of like our industry that are our diners here. So they think it's cool. Right. Um, and honestly, like we, we give them away to people if they, you know, do people steal them? fans. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm hundred percent sure. Cause at Bizarre, remember the caviar spoons? Oh, right. yeah. Those used to be like the bane of my existence. Yeah. Right. Like where the hell are the caviar spoons? And it's like, I'm sorry. I, 
I gave it to the server of the food runner, yeah, well. and it never came back yeah. to me. And then you go, you go to enough. that server's house, and like you're just hanging out. There's with like them five with a of beard. them. Like, oh, yeah. it's, it's a really nice caviar spoon you got there. He's got like a whole wall of them. <laughs> every every bizarre plate. <laughs> right. A, a caviar menu. tower. Yeah. I think that's every restaurant. You, you always see a collection. Oh, those are very nice steak knives we just got. Or you know what? The julep spoons. The. Uh, what are those? I'm trying to think of what they look like. They, 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 it's a slotted spoon. It's a short handle oh, okay. slotted spoon. Olives? Yeah, for the olives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those, those look nice in my house. Man. <laughs> no, I mean, they just disappear. Right. I'm sure. Like, they, we start with eight, and now we're, like, back to two. And I now I this have to, like, totally like protect hashtag it cook to life, death. hashtag yeah. restaurant right. life problems. But everyone can relate to that. That happens more than, more than not. So does anybody say, like, are these meant for like splinters or to tweeze my eyebrows People or like j- stupid jokes all the time? They definitely ask. And I, I mean, we just trained our staff to, you know, to say, you know, it's kind of like an extension of your fingers. There's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of dishes that, you know, this is the top of this restaurant. So not everything warrants like using a fork and knife. We want it to be a little more playful and a lot more casual. Um, we're, it's our goal to kind of like separate from fine dining and high quality food and right. have it more, you can, you don't have to dress up. And Roberto and I were talking about the other day, like, you don't have to dress up suit and tie or throw a jacket on or get you know dolled up in a dress to have amazing food. You don't you don't have to spend that much money. You can go in flip-flops and board shorts and That's very Vegas too. Like mm-hmm. Las totally. Vegas is, you know, like bizarre. Yeah. You'll see somebody in a cocktail dress, freaking suit and tie. Right. And then you'll also see some guy with like a trucker hat and, and jeans shorts. come in yeah. or totally. board shorts or mm-hmm. like a bikini yeah, exactly. top with a shirt over it and right. it is what it is. Totally. Did we become a dinner jacket only? Restaurant Definitely at one not. point. Oh, bizarre. You know? Yeah, maybe maybe at the beginning. Yeah, I don't know. Was but, it? I mean, that doesn't. I remember. I think it was uh, yeah. more of like a um, whoever's. Was it suggested? Pack. Maybe. Yeah, like, totally. Like it was like a, a upscale attire suggested, or yeah, maybe was, something right. like that. It was like stylish attire. Right. I, I, I've definitely, me personally, I've definitely turned away a dude in a white beater to try to come in like years ago. Maybe really? not as much now. Um, yeah. I think now. With you know, especially summertime, people are always right. like, yeah. cool. We're not going to turn away. Yeah, we're not turning away to anyone. Really. Like three piece suit, <laughs> right? I mean, and bizarre is different. It's a different ball yeah. game. Yeah, it's yeah. not rubbish on. It's exactly it's a lot less. Uh, it's a fine dining quality of food, but it's not mm-hmm. like the full white right. cloth guys in tuxes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, always putting food on the table a certain way and taking it away a certain way and right. like you know right. it's not that kind of thing at all no. it's kind of what makes it fun totally so do you do you take like speaking of that because we talk about bizarre a lot because we're all from bizarre we're bizarians bizarians um obviously you're still in it but do you take a lot of that experience and apply it to your own restaurant because Absolutely. obviously jose andres knows what he's doing yeah jose's uh he's, he's the man um he he deserves everything he has i think he's like amazing beyond being a chef he's an amazing person um, yeah. I definitely look up to him, but yeah, I, I mean, I, when we started five years ago, I, I definitely didn't know as much as I know now or have the experience and, and all the, the tools in my belt for what, you know, I've become. Um, I definitely use a lot of the experience and kind of just how I deal with guests and how I, I manage my staff here and, um, and guests really, um, it, it what Bizarre's done for me is, is, is insane, and it's definitely, um, I I'll, can't, it's the best. It's ever, like you look right? back at it forever, right? right. Literally, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. remember it forever. Everybody at the table, for sure. Yeah. Me too. So food concept. Talk to us a little bit about that. So it's tapas. Yep. However, like you said, it's not like a pure Spanish tapas concept. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit more about the concept and how, you know, it's also, you know, avant-garde and, and 
other cultures are represented totally. as well. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, you know, a lot of the menu, we do start with a good amount of like seafood dishes. There's some gastronomic style of cooking. There's, you know, something as traditional as, you know, pantomaket and, and cured meats on the offerings. Uh, with cheese selections and stuff like that. We wanted other things like that, but this menu is rotating all the time. I literally, got, mm -hmm. I was joking with Roberto about it. I was like, I went away for like a week and I came back and there's like, we got, <laughs> we got a new tasting menu, menu and we right? got uh, you know, six new dishes on the, the menu and stuff like that. So it's always revolving. Oscar's a wealth of knowledge and he's always like trying new things in the back with uh, Chef Steve. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a good amount of, of kind of all over the place. Um, and why tapas? Because, I mean, you could do a bunch of things, obviously, when you're totally. thinking about a restaurant concept. Mm -hmm. What attracted the three of you to tapas? Besides the fact that he's from Barcelona, Oscar. It, it probably had a lot to do with Oscar. Um, mm -hmm. I think I think Roberto and I, I don't think we purposely meant to make it um, coming from the experience from Bazaar, because Roberto came from Michael Mina for 15 years, mm -hmm. uh, which I don't think any tapas restaurants in Michael Mina. No, I can't mm -hmm. think of any. Um, That's right. I, I think we got so accustomed to, like, how great an experience you can give with a bunch of small tastings right that it, it it was really easy for us to train our staff here to be like listen like this is not going to be you know five courses and you're done it's like what if we did like 10 and you're constantly running small bites and it's like boom 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 you have you know you can leave here and saying you had like 10 different things right mm -hmm. and and you're happy you're not like crushed full but you're you're happy you i know? think it definitely helps with your idea of having a place that's fun it's mm -hmm. like when you have tapas or like you know in america we call them just appetizers like apps and drinks let's go for apps and drinks right. tonight like it really lends that opportunity for people to touch each other's plates without being like hey can i have a bite of this or right. do you want to try this like you're all trying everything if you want or right. if you don't want and it it makes you I don't know, for me, it, it, my friends, it makes me talk more. It makes me like, you know, you're totally. discussing as like you're eating exactly. and it's, it's like and a you're party. Drinking. And you're drinking too. Right. Like tapas in the Spanish culture is like an after work thing, kind of like an extended right. after. Right. Well, that's right. how they were called tapas because they would sit on top of the your glass. drink. You your would drink. have your liquor, whatever it is, sangria or whatever. It would sit on top of there and it was like so that you wouldn't get totally right. sloshed. It was like exactly. you were drinking with food instead of like yeah. food and now I'm drinking it's like the opposite like yep. the idea matter of fact I think that you actually pay for the drink there and they right. send you exactly that's food. the traditional way to totally. do it in yeah. Spain totally. uh, Portugal a lot of yeah. cultures actually that are like those Latin cultures mm -hmm. it's like a it's almost like a chef's tasting kind of thing mm -hmm. like where they're like okay here's all these drinks and then we're gonna throw you whatever this is right. which sounds a little bit you know like it sounds like you guys are looser here too when it comes to like changing the menu up and like this is what Oscar feels yeah. like cooking this week or Steven or you know whatever yeah and we and Oscar Oscar mentioned that to me too I actually didn't know the whole tapas idea and Oscar brought that up to me because he had a couple of restaurants when he was in Spain when he was younger and he, he literally just said the exact same thing um, and it kind of it's really fun this place really um, catches its wings when we are like busier and all these tight ta uh, tables rather than just I mean talking to yourselves I, every time I'm here people are like talking and meeting new friends and like people that are sitting next to you because it is right. super tight and confined I, I've seen people share their own dishes it's it's really cool it's really mm -hmm. fun and they do that in Spain so it's yeah. like to me I always prefer a small restaurant which is hilarious like when you go to like Bazaar Meat it's the exact opposite it's humongous and it's this amazing kitchen and it's you know it's monstrous compared to this mm -hmm. totally. but for me as a preference personally like I like 
when it feels like New York City or San Francisco, mm-hmm. like that kind of like city urban feel of like, you know, you're not necessarily listening to other people's conversations, but you can hear everything in the room and it's like a tighter space. And to me, that's cozy. It feels cool. like home, you yeah, know, it feels more homey. Warming, inviting. It's it. it opens you up. It makes you want to like, you know, hang out and talk, you know? Right. The red too. The red in this room inspires a lot of conversation. Hot yeah. nights. Right. <laughs> so what I know about you from Bazaar is that, you know, you took Bazaar and you talked a little about this already about as a learning experience. And, you know, you really, as I saw you, like graduated through like this, like love for wine and then like, you know, going for like your sommelier, like yeah. test and, and things like that. And it's like how, um, like given that experience at Bazaar and now it's like, how like how do you feel about your your progression like is this kind of exactly what you wanted to do or you know just uh, and exactly i don't know because are you in you're in charge of the liquor program here the liquor mm-hmm. no it's more like roberto Roberto's okay. realm um mm-hmm. i'm definitely 100 percent in charge of the wine wine okay um, so the wine program I, I mean i definitely have a little bit of influence on the liquor and stuff like that or like building the gin gin tonic cart that we have here yeah I definitely had help so with tell that. us a little bit about that like the yeah. the wine and liquor program because as Louis was talking about, we were, we were talking on the way over here, like this restaurant that used to be here, Chata, was also known for like a great wine program. Totally. So tell us about your wine program. Yeah, so um, Bank from, from Chata was, was, was the man, he's something I look up to in regards to wine. Um, I, I love this area and when, when it was Chata, they always had this like recessed wall, but we didn't have anything uh, cool. So one of the big projects that was on my side for pre-opening was was finding a way to get this enclosed with glass and uh you know temperature controlled and and chilled um but still kind of like aesthetically pleasing um Mm -hmm. because it was literally in the restaurant um so we came up with this these sliding glass doors and that whole installation was was probably one of the craziest experiences of building something i'm I'm not a super diy kind of person but that was definitely (laughs) tested it for me um it was it was really cool it was fun to do um the wine list itself um best way to describe it is is unique affordable um and pretty rare things um it was kind of a definitely more of a spanish list i'd probably say 50 60 percent of the list is spanish um so riojas tempranillo rioja ribera del duero mm-hmm. um there's a good amount of pre-rot wines there's i love sherry i definitely uh think sherry's uh i feel like it's like an unsung un- hero type totally. thing hell yeah, um, yeah. and I, I love talking about it i love drinking it i, love I still remember your it. program I love, I love at bazaar i actually <laughs> never really knew anything about sherry until yeah. joe it's amazing taught me really? like at bazaar i went to your yeah. sherry tasting yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's weird random but. right yeah no it was, it was, so it's kind of all over i mean i have great representation in other countries um but all of it at the end of the day is what works with oscar's food um <laughs> and just showing guests a good time at an affordable price. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing's marked up like some crazy, like on the strip uh, markups. So what are we talking like uh, price-wise, like a range? Um, I, there's nothing that is past that $250 realm. Okay. Um, and that's just, you know, single bottles of something. If someone does happen to, at the end of the day, this is a business, but right. um, those things don't move as much as, you know, the 40 to $50 bottles. Yeah. So it's like a daily thing. So, you know, that's arguably less than four cocktails right. um, in some places. So if people want to do wine at an affordable price, this is a great option. And then tell us about your cart. So the cart, um, <laughs> funny story. When when we first got in here, we, we knew that Chata wasn't... Uh, did not have a liquor license. 
Um, but I didn't know that. District 1 kind of set precedent in the shopping center to have full liquor. Mm-hmm. So tell us how that works because I, I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, especially in our community, our hospitality community, mm-hmm. like want to open a restaurant one mm-hmm. day, whatever, you know, like you said, you did yours earlier than you thought you would. For sure. Um, how does that work with like grandfathering in or just like kind of a basic idea about how hard that is to get a liquor, a license? liquor license? It was pretty damn hard. Because people don't realize it's yeah. quite a process. It was a lot. It was, I mean, yeah, when you think the amount of work that, that we had put in just literally, I mean, I remember I would wake up, I, I stopped going to the gym for four months. I would, <laughs> I would wake up and come here, do work, go to bizarre work, get off come back here and do more work. That's my life right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can really, it's I mean, Louis like, lifestyle, hustle, yeah. you want to talk about a hustle, it, it's just a lot of work, it's just yeah, yeah, effort. Yeah. Um, the, the process of getting the license though, it was it was a lot, it's a lot of paperwork, it's a lot of kind of finagling and there's yeah. a lot of gray area. Um, right. We, the, the struggle here is, is space, is chairs. I think it's like you need, I think you need 40, 48 or 50 seats oh, interesting. To, get, oh, okay. to get a liquor license or something along those lines okay. um so we had to really finagle i think, I think when <laughs> to they make got, it happen when we got inspected it was like we like we're put, like uh-oh <laughs> yeah, we got we got a little creative in you know the chairs the setup was a little different but we made it work um, right yeah but we knew that it was possible because of district one they had it so we it would be hard but we know we can make it happen District one's a lot bigger than us. I mean, is there like just like a limited number of liquor licenses to be had? I think that is too, and like how close you are to residences. Uh huh. All that place. There's all these weird rules when it comes to liquor licenses, and it's different in different cities too. So it's like you just have to become like an instant expert. And how much is it really? Because I've I've been here like it's. Uh, it's it's not. There's a range, right? Depending on your restaurant size and stuff. Totally. Um, I don't know exactly what we pay but it, it is a range um I, i'm not sure i can't be i can't imagine it being like stupid yeah. expensive do you uh, pay for it in one lump sum or is it kind of like a lease I think like it's a yearly, yearly thing? thing i think it's okay. yearly too like you have to renew it i know that right um so we were talking a little bit about like this diy project of your wall yeah so louie and i are really interested in like how hard or how easy you're like what are the surprises involved with opening a restaurant from scratch right. like like did you cry did you like throw tantrums like how cry. bad or how bad or good was it you know i know i mean i wouldn't say cry work a lot sacrifice um, on the inside there's the, <laughs> did you go cry on the walk-in <laughs> there's a lot of we don't even have space in, for a walk-in no, they don't even have an office here we, we joke all the time it's like did you cry with your head in the freezer <laughs> i mean our kitchen's so small we literally say like we can't hire a girl because it'll be like a sexual harassment Aww. immediately yeah. the minute so you put it in there it's it, our kitchen's super small but i mean yeah there was like i said there was a lot of super late nights where Roberto and I and, and a couple of the early staff members, we'd just be sitting here building stuff. Like, I mean, I, none of us painted the wall. We had a artist flying from Brazil to paint this wall, but mm-hmm. I mean, like these uh, beaded curtains, the, this tiled uh, the cork tile, I mean, that yeah. was really, I mean, that was my dad and I and, and Paulo, uh, Roberto's nephew. Like we built a lot of this one because we didn't have a lot of money to, right. to put towards stuff like that so mm-hmm. you know, I, had to, I had to call my dad and I'm still paying him back in beers <laughs> for, for the labor forever right. but I, I mean there was there's a lot of cool stuff that we we did here on our own which I think that adds a lot more value it's for got us. to right yeah. yeah we take way more home. pride we take way more pride in this restaurant than just you know signing writing off a check for someone to come and do it which I mean it was pretty hard I'm yeah. not gonna lie <laughs> I sacrificed a lot of my life and Roberto definitely did too um into the building of this but i mean we i i look back and i'm like uh, i want to do it again it was, it was super fun See? i can imagine yeah you will for sure 
So as we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, Spring Mountain has just become like world of its own. Mm-hmm. And why did you guys decide? I mean, you could open in a million places. You could open in Summerlin. Right. You could open in Henderson. Like yeah. what attracted you to Spring Mountain? Um, you know, it's funny. We were actually super interested in the, the old Chata Street location, uh, mm-hmm. which is now taken by Partage. So I remember we viewed that at first. Um, we viewed, reviewed a couple other places um, I think it was a, a lot of factors. It was, um, you know, how much could we afford, you know, spatial issues and kind of things like that. Like, you know, one, one it was our first business, and we, we ended up making the decision. We actually, we almost were really interested in where, like, Cleaver is. Mm. Um, across the way, I think it was, like, a Brazilian Paradise, steakhouse huh? called, like, Yoji or something like that. Yoli's. Yoli. Yeah. So that, that, that was a place oh, we where the old Firefly... In that, area. in that shopping center, yeah. yeah. Um, we looked at that, and we were like, man, that'd be so cool to open up a balcony and, and all this stuff. Um, at the end of the day, we're just like, shit, that's a lot of money. Um, <laughs> so we, we just felt like it would be better to start super small and just like create a, create a brand to start. Mm-hmm. Um, just so happened that this, this became available, and we jumped on this. I mean, this uh, shopping center has its pros and cons. Um, you know, being a small restaurant and starting off from a business from our own money was was it just made sense yeah um it's hard to with a small kitchen you know we're, we're working on that with regards to like you know a second storage and we haven't we just took over a second space in the shopping center to open up like prep kitchen and stuff like that so yeah um that's all great uh, so it, it just worked out how about the food culture though i mean that's got to be a huge plus that the the fact that people come down here and god i hate the word foodie but i mean this is a foodie spot this oh, whole yeah. this area i mean especially so. for business people in the business as we talk about in the hospitality mm-hmm. business like everybody knows like celebrities chefs front of the house back of the house oh, yeah. we all know that spring mountain is like the place to be for like as we said not just asian food but amazing asian food obviously mm-hmm. obvi but mm-hmm. i mean now you've got the french you've got you know the upscale you've got tapas yep. mm-hmm. i mean wine bars popping up a lot of wine That's bar concepts totally. yeah obviously got to be like a plus for you like being in a foodie in quotes yeah and that was <laughs> area that was, that was one of the factors you know it's like this shopping center always has had good good food good cuisine hachi's yeah, great thanks Demon's to kaivu and yeah exactly and then yeah. like chubby cattle's delicious yeah right a lot of these i, I, I joke and I, cool concepts i don't even know the name of like four of these restaurants in the shopping center <laughs> but i've eaten there and it's delicious mm-hmm. yeah uh, i, I yeah, it's, it's just a cool spot to be at. The parking is probably the biggest issue, I'd mm, say. I yeah. can see that. Um, but, you know, people, if they want to come here, and if we're doing our job right and people are really wanting to come, they'll figure out a way to get here. Like park across the street, yeah, actually, because the grocery store is probably closed by the time you want to have dinner. Yeah. So. Or if we're feeding yeah. them enough alcohol, maybe it's just Uber. That might yeah, be, actually. That answer all the questions. Yeah. So um, your customer, who is it? Um, I would definitely say it's someone who's, I wouldn't want to say foodie either, but someone who's um, like adventurous, <laughs> adventurous yeah. in cuisine and, and appreciates high quality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our, our, our constant battle is when we're developing the menu is, you know, we, we have to make sure that it's still affordable for off the strip, um, but still a high quality. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, how we make food, how we present it and, you know, how we, how we talk about it. Um, rather than just like slapping something on the table and just leaving you there. Um, yeah, it's definitely a place, like I said, you were mentioning Lou about like the, the warm colors in here. It's yeah. very inviting. Um, 
and and fun. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that's super uptight and you know. I guess our envision for this restaurant is we wanted a place where you could go and have great food at a lower price point than than most um, and, and talk about an experience that kind of, uh, I live here and like our tasting menu is $48 and it's like you, you leave here yeah. full and you're like, what the hell? Like that was, it would be like $200 meal on this trip. Mm-hmm. True that. This True is what that. I love about the growing local um restaurant scene here mm-hmm. is that you know so many of us especially in the industry are very desensitized to cost of food yeah. mm-hmm. i mean when we talk like well that's cheap most people in most cities even big cities are like are you kidding me like a hundred dollars yeah. is expensive for a meal for us we're like oh we come from places where it's two hundred dollars per person yeah. or, or something you 200, know 250 right per which sounds average. crazy i know but you get when you live in a certain area and you you have a certain lifestyle whatever like it's not like everybody's rich here it's just you get used to the price and then as it gets more and more expensive the sticker shock for some reason goes away like right. people right. spend their money on food or they spend it on alcohol or they spend it on their cars like some people just like to spend money on their food and they're fine with it exactly but i love this about the local dining scene of recent you know with yep. the kaivu and you guys yeah and with uh dan cromer yeah. and james trees and uh uh Nicole Breeson, like all these yeah. great chefs that are opening these restaurants that are, are affordable to the people who yep. live here. For totally. the people. Like, yeah. I mean, it's it's awesome. Yep. I mean, how about for you? Like, what are some of the restaurants that you're excited about in the area? Besides you guys, obviously, but. Um, I've probably ate at Lamai this month, like five times hmm. after work. So, uh, I mean, like I said, like from Bank, Bank's the man. Uh, so he has his little wine wine uh, Thai restaurant right next to Sparrow and Wolf. I go there pretty often. I was there last night. Um, I love that place. I love Thai food. So I, I go there pretty often. Um, I've always been a big fan of Brian Howard. Sparrow Wolf is delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, where else? I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I There's just so many choices now. Too. Uh, I try and meal prep a good amount. Just try and somewhat stay healthy. Are you yeah. back to working out again, finally? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, otherwise, I'd be morbidly obese because I eat way too much food. <laughs> yeah. What's insane about people in the restaurant industry, for people who aren't in it, we can eat like three lunches. Yeah. Mostly because we have to. Three a lot of the time to try yeah. stuff. You know, it's like you try so much food all day that yeah. you don't really have a lunch. It's like you just take little, it's like your tapas. Yeah. Right? Tapas style all day, every day of your life. The thing is when you're off, it kind of reflects too. Cause like I'm like constantly just like in search of food. Like what are right. we having? What are we having? What are we having? Hey, like did you hear about this new like restaurant? Traveling. Like yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any advice for people that were in your boat like a year ago? I want to open up. A I restaurant. mean, who who want to open like you know a nice neighborhood restaurant? Um, like something that surprised like you or positive something? advice, and then give them like words yeah. of warning. Yeah, yeah. like that realistic. Could be a, that could be a, a long talk. Longer <laughs> yeah, like the you know the most important things like that people might think you know not think of. Yeah, um, you know I think I think what it eventually boils down to is just believing in yourself. Um, I've always been a super motivated person, um, and I I think I when I was growing up. I played soccer my whole life, and I, I got fortunate to play, like, you know, at a collegiate level and pass that for a little bit. So I always kind of, um, I correlated working hard and doing the extra effort with, with success. Right. Because it, it just worked out for me. It was true for me. Um, so then when I got away from soccer, um, even, even I was, like, the youngest server at Bazaar. Uh, I think I still am. But... Um, I always was like just striving to do better than what my kind of like my youth or my age kind of called for, right? What what 
was kind of like made sense socially. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just remember just working mm-hmm. hard and getting getting success from that. Um, and now I'm like legit addicted to it. Like I, right. I like doing the extra thing when people are like, oh, I spent this much. I was like, well, I want to spend this much time doing it and see what I, I produce from that. And this is, EDO is a good example of that um, extra work and kind of getting that. So even like studying to be a sommelier and passing certified, I have ambitions to, to pass advanced probably in the next year or two. Uh, and EDO is kind of like my, my test for that. Um, you know, I don't, I don't run the program at Bizarre Meet. I'm, I'm right under Lou. Um, and he's, he's one of the best mentors I've had. I have a few in the wine world. Um, Michael Rohn from Robuchon and, and Chloe uh, Hellfan, but like, mm-hmm. I, I look up to these people, and in the wine world, they're like they're like the superstars for me. Oh yeah. Um, and so this is like my little baby, and I I treat this as like I, I want to drink more wine, I want to taste more wine, and understand more and learn more. So yeah, like in the wine program is, like I said, obviously a business, but um, it's like my test kitchen for wine to kind of like grow my palate and expand more and, and learn more. But yeah, I guess I guess just stay motivated. Um, yeah, this is not an industry for the faint-hearted. Oh, not at all. I mean, I don't man. know why so many, honestly, celebrities, and I don't mean celebrity chefs, I mean just celebrities, actors, rock stars, man. whatever, like open restaurants, and they just think like, well, like you said, just throw a bunch of money at it. Like, yeah, and you not can be, fund it, but you can't really you be can't necessarily the workings of it. make a profit <laughs> on right. it because it's not, I and mean, you have to know something about food. You have to be a hard or worker. Service. And you can always tell, like as somebody who loves food and who goes to a lot of restaurants, like when people care about the food mm-hmm. and the concept and they're just throwing money at it, like the difference is huge when mm-hmm. it comes to you, yeah you can totally tell a restaurant you, you can totally tell a restaurant like you know is this someone just throwing a ton of money at it I, 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 I'm legit there's so many other ways to invest money and make way more right. money than what you can from a restaurant there's right. too many variables um, yeah I've talked to so experience. many chefs like chef owners yeah. and they're just like um, Lorraine you make more money than me as a chef yeah. <laughs> than like than yeah. somebody that uh, where I exactly. own the restaurant and I'm the chef in it. Like, I wish I could go back to being like a sous chef because I made a lot more money then. Right. It's like, and I, I can so actually much... go home and like yeah. sleep at night. I have so much money going out. <laughs> yeah. Like if you think that you're working so many hours as a chef or like a manager of a restaurant, which you are, that's another whole thing. Like, don't think that you're not going to be working 50 plus hours, but if you own a business, oh, let's, man, let's go ahead and married. double that. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just your whole life. And I think, I think you have to be like that, like that successful and be like, to get to like that high level of, of fame and, or like, you know, creating something you have to love this man. Like, cause oh, yeah. if you don't like it, it'll, it'll kill you. Yeah. And that, that's why <laughs> we talk about that all the time. Man. It'll chew you up and spit you out. Honestly. Yeah. Like if you put out soulless food, just food that looks good, doesn't taste good. Doesn't have a history. Doesn't have like any heart in it. People can tell. I think there are so many obviously amazing restaurants on the strip. I think that's my main problem with mm-hmm. the ones that aren't amazing. The reason why they're not amazing is because they might just look good or Instagrammable. Yeah. And that's kind of honestly a problem with social media nowadays. Like from yeah. my perspective, a food perspective, it's like you're so putting so much time into making it look pretty that it doesn't like taste good. Like I can think of like 10 restaurants at the top of my head right now totally. that are like $100 plus a person that put out beautiful plates of food. I yeah, mean, but- they're great platers, but the food sucks yeah it's kind of like just par you know they they succeed because of their location basically right, right. or their name or or their corporation or their whatever brand. and it's yep. like 
this is the exact opposite. I feel like yeah. like a concept like EDO where you guys, you know, you got chefs that are like the real deal yeah. and really care about the food and the concept. Yeah, when I first got on board with your your photography and Roberta was like telling me about like how expansive the menu was going to be and I was just like, wow, this is great. Because yeah. so Louie like, takes like their a, pictures and, yeah. and does some of their stuff. Yeah, you were, you were the first to take pictures yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah. So... All right, so we're going to switch gears, yeah. and we are going to do something that we call On the Fly. Yeah. <laughs> on the Fly, you're in a kitchen. Ta-da-da. You're in a restaurant. Um, so it's 60 seconds of Louie and me just firing questions at you and just top of your head kind of stuff, okay? Yeah. Okay, we're going to start the <clears throat> timer now. What did you eat last night? I think we know already. <laughs> yeah, I had everything at Lamai. Most ins- yeah, most inspiring chef, dead or alive. Jose Andres. Oh, there you go. Always at home in your fridge. Ooh. Kombucha? <laughs> Meal prep, yeah. Not Meal kombucha, prep. definitely not kombucha. <laughs> your question, Lou. Cat or dog person? For sure, dog. Oh, my God. Me, I'm like, too. Me, it's 100%. like me and James Trees. Yeah, That's it. It's only Cat. you and James Trees. Favorite food city? On the fly, man. Sorry, I'm fucking this up. <laughs> Why? Um, San Francisco. Okay, good one, good one. Hobby outside of work. Soccer, fitness. Okay. Best tool, front of the house. One key. Good. Death row meal. Um, the onion crepe of Kachuna Vetri right now. Ah, a crepe. I think is fucking life changing. One more question. Since yeah, you are smolier. Yeah. What's your favorite grape varietal? Pinot Noir. Me too. Yes. Burgundy all day. I just yeah. feel like everybody's like Cabernet Sauvignon, and I'm like nah. Pinot all the no. way. Mm-hmm. I'll be when I'm like, I want to be like this old dude, like 70, 80 years old. I'm just gonna be drinking a bottle of Burgundy every single day. Right. That's my goal. That sounds so bougie. Right? <laughs> I'm not trying to. I'll be nice about it. I'll like, like, give you a glass. I'll have a Cuban cigar. Right, and a burgundy. Cuban, and a burgundy, please. <laughs> I'd like a, a liver with a nice Chianti and some right. fava beans. Right. <laughs> no, I'm going to be that old dude with the snapback and fully tatted drinking burgundy. I'm like, who the hell is this kid? <laughs> or guy now. Are you still going to have like the, the man bun? The man bun. I don't think, I, I don't think I'm going to have hair that old. <laughs> if I do, cool. But maybe not. Cool. Well, thank you, Joe Michalich from yeah, EDO Tapas. It's over on Spring Mountain. It's been open for almost a year now. Come down and try it out. They're good guys, and yeah. they're putting out some cool and innovative food. Oh, talk about your summer menu real quick. Oh, yeah. So um, we, we ran the, you mean the happy hour thing? Yeah. So we started a new happy hour um, from 5 to 6, and then from 10 to close every day. Um, it's freaking steel. It's um, a bunch of like little pinchos or little tapas bites that are all of them, which are like less than $2, $3 each one. Yeah. Um, every single wine in this restaurant is half off. Um, there's like gin tonics for seven bucks. It's pretty much like a, like a, a cater, you know, a, a celebration for our industry when they get off or, yeah. you know, for um, just the local, local people just getting off work uh, from the nine to five. Uh, you can cop, pop in and grab a bite or when you're getting off work late, you can come in here and, and spend 20 30 bucks and having a sick meal awesome thank you so much louie tell them how they can contact us you can get us on our instagram at two sharp chefs on facebook at two sharp chefs and a microphone and at our email at two sharp chefs at gmail.com 
Thank you so much to Sharp Chefs in the Microphone for Joe and Louie. This is Lorraine. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you.